What's up? It's your pal Wenshikistotikus, and this is The Bar is Low. Every episode, we take a look at fanfiction or a collection of fanfictions, and these can be either good, bad, or in between, but mostly, they're bad. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and other such whores in this house. I wanted to make this episode about Ben Shapiro, but sadly, probably for the best, to be honest. Most of the fics that I found about him are crack. Which can be funny, don't get me wrong, but it's not as entertaining to make fun of as unironic fanfiction about people who actually dream of lying in his pale noodle arms. So there wasn't that much about him, so I brought some other people into the episode. There's still gonna be two unironic Shapiro fics that I am covering, but I also found some about Alex Jones, Paul Joseph Watson, and Elon Musk. Oh boy. Oh man, do people want to fuck Elon Musk. Oh man, are people simping hard for him. Today's fucked up meter rating is, uh, well, I think uh, all you really need to know is who's involved in this episode to assess how fucked up it is and i just said all the names of those people so you can make the choice but i will give it a five out of ten for mild sexual content and one dubious relationship towards the middle of the episode full disclosure i'm a socialist this episode is from a leftist perspective you can still listen if you're a conservative but like try not to get triggered we're gonna start off with the Betty Shaps fix, which neither of them got very far, but there's still a lot to cringe at. Then we'll get to the PJW and Alex Jones fic, which is where the sexual content starts, and we'll close off on the two Musk fix. The whores in this house are simping? Alright, let's go. Let's dive into this first fic. Now I'd like to start off with a narration of the first few paragraphs of this prologue, so we can get a sense of this person's writing style. Quote, the night was blacker than the ace of spades and fuller than the diaphragm of a man. <laughs> Alright, already! Oh, they trying too hard with those similes. <laughs> Every human heart in a block's radius pulsed to the crude beat of the clicking shoes on the New York City pavement. What about the hearts of all the rats? Like, why only the human hearts? A piercing chill filled the air, consuming all who aimlessly wandered throughout the depths of the night. Cars let out elaborate yelps in protest while their tires released cringe-worthy screams. <laughs> the screams of these tires are not the only thing that will be cringe-worthy today. Honestly, cringe-worthy screams, new name for this podcast. A young woman, barely of legal age, crosses her arms across her midsection containing a hidden secret with implications also daunting. She has roamed these endless godless streets for many nights before, and yet on this night, everything is as fathomless to her as her first night in the big city. Her coat flaps behind her at the expense of the piercing wind. Her toes are dead as ice. The red of her cheeks reveals the only evidence of life. Then it just says endless for some reason. What? I don't know what that has to do with anything. Okay, men and women barely manage to cut around her, almost as if they are chained by the grueling shackles of mankind. <laughs> hey, what the fuck does that mean? This keeps going like this. This keeps going like this. 
The young woman stops in her steps as the first signs of flurries graze her rouge-swollen lips. She briefly opens her mouth, extending her tongue to stroke the underside of her lips, revealing the souring taste of blood. Sounds. Senses. Yes, they are all filled by the urban surroundings around her. Her eyes glide from her left side to the sign of flickering lights. A dozen homeless people, possibly more, standing outside a coffee shop watching the remnants of Fox and CNN news. There were a large polished pane of glass. What? The remnants of... I don't, I don't think you have the remnants of, of news. What does that even fucking mean? Subtitles pulsate and reveal a variety of topics strung upon the Hyde Amendment affirmative action in the Israeli-Palestinian conflict. The flash of a red halting hand shifts to the green walking figure above. She turns her head slightly and proceeds to cross the street walking down Fifth Avenue before stopping by the great religious monstrosity ahead of her. Two great seats People's Point towers above, and the bells of St. Patrick's Cathedral's ring in her ears. She counts notes consecutively before determining that the time is nearly an hour after midnight. The entrance's door is barely propped open, revealed only by the meager escaping bit of light. Okay, so that's the introduction. There's a lot to roast here, and Ben hasn't even showed up yet, and it's not even a sex scene. And I can just nitpick the shit out of those word choices. What the fuck? The whore in this particular house is trying way too hard. Like, I get that she's trying to sound all artsy and create a mood, but the words that you use have to reflect that. And more importantly, fundamentally, they have to make sense remnants of news the pulsating subtitles and the the cringe-worthy screams someone proofread this hoe's work so this girl moving beyond that horrific intro she's going to confession in this church and she tells the priest that she got involved with a married man and this is her story so we jump back to the events that got her involved with old benny shaps her college had secured a visit from Benjamin and she's going to be doing the interview. There's a long scene of her talking to her friends about it and oh my god, I wish this writer had put as much effort into learning basic fucking paragraph structure as she had into her weird ass similes because she doesn't know to put new paragraphs for new lines of dialogue. Fuck me. She's not supposed to be debating Ben. She's just interviewing him. But if you've watched any videos of him, he doesn't understand the concept of an interview. He still thinks it's a debate. So she's afraid that she's going to get destroyed because she's a moderate and she doesn't agree with all of his positions. So she's getting ready for this interview. And then suddenly, oh my God, it's Ben. Here's how they describe Here's how they describe him. Here's the quote. It was Ben Shapiro. Ben Shapiro was standing right before her. To a certain extent, she was shocked. A woman of five foot four. He appeared to be hardly taller than her, but he was dressed to the nine. He wore a dark blue suit that had been specially tailored to his his absolutely perfect body. Come on, shut up. We all know Ben has the body of an eight-year-old. His dark black hair was enriched with... Sh it says shiny, but I, I know they meant shiny. Shiny hair tunic. 
under the depths of a traditional yarmulke and they totally misspelled yarmulke that's a weird word i don't blame them and the smell of his <laughs> this is my favorite part the smell of his cologne caused an internal unconscious unknown female beast to emerge within her inner self sarah she gets a name finally could not help but blush at his statement the youtube videos did not do him justice it took her five seconds of silence to stop looking at his body but rather at his handsome face oh yes mr shapiro she said extending her hand cordially i am sarah cornelius it's a pleasure to meet you i have heard a lot about you he gave her a light smile before rubbing his thumb across her knuckles can you give me the highlights he said humorously as he caused her heart to skip a beat <laughs> imagine your sexual awakening is because of ben shapiro what i'm trying to put myself in that mindset and you know Ben is not sexy. Like, if you think he's cute, okay, I can see that. But for him to cause a, a female beast to emerge from within your inner unknown unconscious self, you know, it's, it's, it said that the cologne caused the beast to emerge, so it probably has nothing to do with him. It's just the cologne. But this part I do mean genuinely. It's nice that she finds him attractive even though he's short. A lot of people place way too much emphasis on the height of their partners. That's fucking cringe. I know Ben is insecure about his height, but there are a lot of things that he should be more insecure about, like not being able to get his wife wet. Also, the author apparently doesn't know the difference between an interview and a debate, just like him, because Ben gets really angry that she keeps asking him biased questions and he blows up at her in front of everyone. The auditorium is packed at the college and he just humiliated her. So she's walking out of the debate. I interview? Deview? Innervate? I don't know. And this paparazzi guy is harassing her, trying to take her picture, but Ben saves her and he knocks the camera out of the guy's hand and he's like, leave before I call security. Oh my god, imagine being intimidated by Ben Shapiro. Like, physically intimidated by him. That's about as hard for me to imagine as being physically attracted to him. Just like the narrator, I'm a, like a little 5'4 chick. I bet I could take him in a fight. Like, I would fight him with my fists and I would win. I know, I just said all that stuff about his height and how he shouldn't be insecure about it, but I'm just spitting facts here. Facts and logic, baby. So Sarah thanks him for scaring away the cameraman and she's like, oh, be safe, Ben. The Republican Party is not well liked around these parts. Oh, conservatives want to be the victim so bad. They're going to get jumped for being a Republican. <laughs> going to get jumped. Oh, so that's the end of this fake. Not epic. Cringe. Cringe worthy like the screams of the tires. <laughs> so there's still another Ben Shapiro fic we need to talk about. It's also cringe, but in other ways. It's an ex-reader where you're supposed to s insert your own name into the writing. So when I say YN, I just mean the character who gets shipped with Ben. So this one starts off with Ben's doctor wife divorcing him because she found someone who actually makes her pussy wet. 
I'm just kidding about the WAP, but it does start off with Ben's doctor wife divorcing him, like kind of out of nowhere. It's implied that they fought before because he spends so much time shilling for big oil companies. Oh, I mean at work and not enough time with his family. He comes home late at the start of this fic and she just dumps his ass real quick. Like they just needed to get her out of the way. I, I don't think that's necessary though. Like what if YN and Ben's doctor wife just shared him? Like even if he can't get her wet from what I've seen, it does seem like he actually loves her. Like he loves to talk about her at least. How about a situation where Ben's wife takes care of his emotional needs and YN takes care of his sexual needs, assuming he has those? Maybe YN would teach him to be less repressed and help him just discover his sexuality. That, that's, that's the Ben Shapiro fic I would want to see. So at the end of the chapter, he goes to his next rally and he's real shook up about his wife leaving him, but then he gets a knock on his door. And it's not YN yet, it's just his assistant here to tell him that he has to do a meet and greet in the lobby, then that he should eat and drink before then. And he's like, how dare the conference people overwork me and not supply me with food and water. Oh, what's that, Ben? You feel entitled to food and water? What's next? You feel entitled to air? You should have brought your own air to the conference, Ben. Oh, you feel like you're entitled to having rights as a worker? What are you, a fucking communist? <laughs> well, actually, Wedge Kasodikus, I am not like this in real life. In reality, it is my personal responsibility to our, um, purchase food and water. And this is just a hypothetical scenario, a, a fan fiction, if you will, in which someone decided to depict me. Also, my wife, who is a doctor. Shut up, Ben! Help, you can't keep her! Stand there! <clears throat> Alright, well, I got him out of here. Uh, he, he's locked in the closet now, where he belongs. So, uh, continuing on from that. So this first chapter has not been exactly well written, but not full on cringe. But then the author decides to pull this shit. He gets another visitor and we get this absolute mess of a sentence introducing them. And I, I wish I could show you how it looked, but I'm just gonna read the slash marks as they are written and hope that you understand. Here's the quote. S slash he was the most handsome slash beautiful woe slash man Ben had ever laid eyes on. Ah! Jesus, just choose a gender. And I thought I was a libtard here. Like, this is just so messy from a writing standpoint, though. Like, ew, ew, ew. YN is here to request a debate with Ben, and it says that, quote, the angel's voice rung in Ben's ears like the Liberty Bell. Fuck off. Shut up. Ugh. So YN and Ben have a discussion about Judaism and Ben is like, wow, YN, you're so smart. And he just, he reaches for your hand and he asks you out to dinner and the fic ends there. Wonder how they would have written a sex scene if they'd gotten that far or been planning to include it. Seeing as the reader didn't have a gender, they'd probably do something messy like that intro sentence instead of creating like two separate scenes like a normal person would. Actually, nothing about this is normal. Who am I kidding? Ugh, I just want to mention, lastly, before we move on, that this fic is called Opposite Sides of the Spectrum, Ben Shapiro, ex-liberal reader. 
Oh, liberal and conservative are not opposite sides of the spectrum. They're much closer together than most people think. Liberals are still capitalists, just like conservatives are. Now, if you really want to get someone who's on the opposite side of the spectrum from Ben, get a Molotov throwing, cop hating, and calm who takes him to a ketamine fueled orgy on their commune and turns him into a cat boy. Or better yet, a cat girl. Now we're talking for sex reassignment for all transphobes. Cattle decapitation even has a song about that. So this has been a PSA from a leftist who's sick of being called a liberal. Learn the fucking difference. So that's all the Shapiro content I have, but we have some other people to talk about today. Such as Alex Jones, a certified insane person. And we are going to read about him and a subordinate doing it. Uh, this fic was written by a communist, but it's it's unironic. I, I don't know. This person just nuked the political compass. They were like, fuck it. Nazbol time. So this subordinate has a name. However, you may have heard of him. Paul Joseph Watson works at Infowars. This is his job interview. And you, you can... Yeah, you know exactly where this is going. Alex doesn't even ask him any interview questions. He just grabs his face and gives him a good looking at. And he's like, oh, yeah. All right. Oh shit, should I try to do my Alex Jones voice? I probably can't pull it off. I, I can't pull anything off. Ugh, I couldn't even pull off a Ben Shapiro impression. So I think I'll just uh, read the, the quote from uh, this interview. This is uh, the scene. Here we go. The hand on Paul's shoulder pulls him forward and Paul stumbles nearly into Jones's lap as the older man sat back into his chair. Then the hand forced him by his shoulder to his knees. The hand that had been pressing on his lip pulled away to slap Paul lightly, almost playfully on the cheek before busying itself with Jones's zipper. Has anyone ever told you you look like a girl, son? <laughs> Paul's insides were molten and he felt like he could throw up, but somehow he didn't. Somehow he just blushed to his ears and tried not to look directly at Jones. He made a choked sound at the unexpected hand grabbing the hair at the back of his neck and yanking. I said you were going to need to answer me properly. Do you want this job or not? Uh, no, no, sir. I mean, yes, sir, I do want the job, but I don't know that no one has ever told me that I look like a girl before. The words tumbled out of his mouth as Jones finally pulled his dick out of his pants. Paul didn't manage to close his eyes before he got a peek of how large it was. Larger than his own, for sure. <laughs> the hand gripping his hair forced his head forward, and Paul let out a small whine on accident. Too much embarrassment and shame, and something else he didn't want to think about. It stopped Jones for a moment. You some kind of faggot. <laughs> He definitely couldn't answer when Jones pressed his dick against the side of his face. Seems like it to me. Some kind of fucking queer. Bet you'll enjoy this kid. God damn it, Alex. You're the one initiating the gay sex. That makes you the gay one. <sighs> Continues. Paul swore to himself he wouldn't enjoy it. But when the head of Jones's dick pressed against his lip, then pushed in and forced his mouth open, and all he could do was smell it and taste it and couldn't escape the feeling of it, his own dick jumped up. He had been a virgin before that, he realized. Paul tried to open his eyes as Jones used his mouth, moving it back and forth through the hand of his hair so Paul didn't have to. One small thing he was thankful for. The thankfulness disappeared when the first thing he saw was that Rolex watch on Jones's free hand, that sports jacket. His throat closed up and he shut his eyes. Fuck, you've got a tight throat, son. Why does he keep calling him son? Paul couldn't help it. He'd only just barely been hard, but the embarrassment overwhelmed him. And he came in his only pair of dress pants he'd had to wear to the interview. At least Jones was close. But the man pulled out of Paul's mouth and came all over his face. And Paul felt a deep ache inside himself that sent chills up his spine. 
Paul was too focused on the cum dripping off his long eyelashes and down over his lips to notice Jones taking out his phone and taking more than one picture of him. Everything after that was a blur. Jones tucking himself back into his pants and getting up, leaving Paul on his knees on the floor. Jones stopped at his desk on his way out to grab a tissue box and toss it next to him. All he said before he walked out of his office was, You're hired, kid. Paul realized he had no idea what he was signing up for. That's the end of the chapter. Um, bruh, you can turn down job offers. This would be fucked up, but it's it's about Alex fucking Jones. It's just, just a humble water filter salesman. <sighs> Archive of our own user, the leader of Antifa, commented on this chapter, quote, Jones has been drinking the chemicals in the water for research again. I see. PJW must have forgotten to take his brain pills. End quote. Man. The chemicals in the water have gotten stronger. They're not just turning the frogs gay anymore. They're turning whole ass humans gay. Be careful out there, folks. The next chapter, Paul gets an email about the dress code and it says that entry-level employees aren't allowed to have facial hair, so he shaves and Alex comes into his office and he's like, well, son, you're looking at more like a girl than ever. And he pulls his pants down. He's like, you better have this shaved by tomorrow. And then Alex punishes him for being such a little cock tease by just spanking his ass raw. I don't, okay, so that's it. That's the fic. I don't know why this exists, but okay, sure. Now that we've talked about that, I think we need to talk about the Elon Musk simps. So this one's really cracky, but it's also written by a huge Musk simps. So you know it's not ironic. Like, y'all really think he's out there doing all the heavy lifting? It's just his title as engineer. Y'all want to be Tony Stark so bad, but he's not. So it's vacation, and all the employees have gone home. And Elon's walking across the work site for his spaceship, the Falcon Heavy, but he's not alone. There's a mysterious stranger hanging around, and this is not an X-Reader, because the stranger is actually just an old man. And he pops up and he scares Elon. He's just like, hee spaceship looks like a dick. It's longer than God's cock it is. And he starts making some advances, and Elon just kind of lets him do it, even though he's not gay, bro. My God. And the old man is like, giving him hickeys and shit while well, they start talking about rocket science and the man is like you're a genius elon and like it just continues to jerk off both his ego and his dick and i thought this part was just the author simping and it probably still is but once this stranger's identity is revealed it'll make more sense and these two start going at each other right up against the ship like on a platform up by the top of the rocket like they're really high up and the stranger fucks him in the ass and elon like nuts all the way down the ship and he's like who are you why are we so in sync? And the guy starts talking about going faster than the speed of light. And if you can go faster than light speed, you can time travel. Oh shit. The old man is future Elon. So he starts wondering why future Elon went back in time. And he prompts him with, what's the one reason you'd have for inventing time travel? And he's like, yeah, to go back in time and have sex with myself. Wow. Wow. Really, not even the money that didn't motivate you. Not even the prestige just to have sex with yourself. God. So old Eon heads out and he's like, see ya. Gonna go fuck you in low gravity now. So uh, that's the fic. I didn't 
hate this for what it was. It was kind of funny and I like the reveal, but it's real. It's real simp hours. It will continue to be real simp hours. Let's get to our last selection. This is a Musk X reader fic. You, you knew it was coming. We open up with the narrator waking up. How original. But they're waking up after having stayed at work all night trying to impress senpai. And they fell asleep instead of finishing the equation that would get them to Mars. And Elon is waking them up and he invites the reader to his office. And the narrator's like, oh shit, I'm going to get fired for falling asleep on the job. Please have this description of Elon, not of his body, but of how he treats his employees. And uh, I don't get it, man. Here's the quote. The boss was known for his trait to fire people who aren't able to do their stuff in the given time. Even if someone asked for a day off because a friend or family member was sick or needs help, that person probably won't stay in the company much longer. I could just hope that I had at least something to show him and I could just hope that he'll just scream at me instead of firing me. I couldn't afford being kicked out of the company. I left everything behind for the opportunity to work here, to work for him. Although I was one of his most hardworking employees, he was so much more strict to me than to anyone else. He always made me working harder and harder. He pushed me to my limits and he was often pretty much a jerk when he did that because he then often yelled at me and still I understood him. He was the CEO of two companies, chairman of another. He recently founded one and also supervised a research program. He had so much stress and no free time and even though he was somehow able to handle it day for day. He used his many companies as an example to motivate me to take on more projects, and I did. I led a team specialized on writing programs for spacecrafts. I helped building the gigantic rocket boosters. I planned and designed a huge part of the Mars station's all by my own, as well as the Mars vehicles, and now I was improving on a new system that ensures the survival of people living on Mars. I had way more duties and responsibilities than anyone else here at SpaceX, and all because I wanted to make Elon happy. You realize this, this is not good. I mean, going to Mars is extremely sexy, but it's not as sexy as workers' rights. <laughs> Even if you think he's hot or whatever, you realize he should still treat his employees and give them shit like, uh, I don't know, basic respect, basic rights, like uh, not even days off. First, we got to get to the point of being able to ask for days off without fearing that you'll get fired. And no matter how much stress he's under, he should still treat you well. You're not selling me on him. Literally, he shows the narrator some basic decency by telling them, hey, you've been here all night, go home and rest. And the narrator's like, oh shit, did I just get fired? But they didn't. Elon actually gives them a few days off. Like, imagine your boss showing you some basic decency after noticing that you're overworked and you're like, ooh, ooh daddy. Oh, don't make me say it. I'm gonna say it. The bar is fucking low. So the narrator comes back to work, and uh-oh, at the headquarters of SpaceX, there's been a fire, and the narrator starts freaking out because, oh no, Elon is inside and he died. Oh wait, it was just a dream. Oh my god, fuck this. Oh my god, fuck this so hard. 
But the, the narrator goes back to work for realsies this time, and Elon's like, what you doing back so early? And the narrator's like, I can't sleep. I have nightmares every night. So Elon hugs them. Wow. We're really in narrator's wet dreams right now. Quote, he didn't only care for his companies. He cared about his workers, too. We were actually imp important to him. Does he, though? Does he? Maybe only because you're his top engineer or whatever. Like, that's why he cares about you. He cares about your ability to make money for the company. I'm sorry, I hate to say it, but I don't think he cares about you. And the narrator then reveals that their nightmares are about Elon dying. And Elon's like, well, you need to sleep to be fully functional. See, he doesn't care about your well-being, narrator. He just cares if you can work or not. And the narrator's like, but you can go without sleeping. I want to be just like you, daddy. Why, why can you go without sleeping for days? And oh, look, Elon is also having personal issues. Maybe he's sad because Grimes dumped him for posting imperialist propaganda on Twitter. But he says he'll tell the narrator about it later. So that night they're about to both head home from work and Elon's like, come take a drive with me and my Tesla. And he brings the narrator back to his mansion and he makes them sleep on the couch. Look guys, Elon is a multi-billionaire living in what has already been established to be a large house and he makes this host sleep on the couch? Guys gotta have spare bedrooms for days, what the hell? So in the middle of the night, he wakes up from a nightmare where he dies and he has the narrator come into bed with him and hold him and comfort him. Man, who is out here waging psychic warfare on Elon Musk? Is it the communist Tumblr witch lesbians? Okay, I know that sounded super specific, but this is a group of people who actually exist. I used to date one in high school. It was an experience. The so next morning, Elon takes the narrator out to one of his brother's restaurants, which I guess is like a thing in real life, to celebrate the narrator's birthday. Man, imagine simping for Elon so hard that you learn the names and like the backstories of all his family members. And the narrator's all shocked that he knows their birthday, but like, yeah, your, your boss does know your birthday. You have to give all your information to your employer when you start working for them. So the narrator's like, what's going on, Elon? Why are you doing all this for me? And Elon's basically like, because I love you, YN. And they kiss. And oh God, when they when they get back, there's, there's a sex scene. Uh, I've committed to this episode. I have to talk about this person in their thirst. The narrator is extremely horny and she, and it has been finally confirmed that it's a she at this point has never been this aroused before and my favorite part of this is when they call his dick his erected manliness and when she comes after like 30 seconds i don't know coming after 30 seconds is more of a man thing last time i checked but okay i guess she's just that turned on by elon musk and they say their i love yous and things are just so perfect yeah, wait till you get guillotined in the revolution, Elon. Things won't be so perfect then. Oh, man. There's so many Musk simps in these comments. Get wanting to have a sugar daddy. But, like, choose a man who treats his employees like people even when he's not secretly in love with them. So that's all I got. <sighs> God, I'm glad I'm not in love with a celebrity. That's pretty cringe, even when it's not Elon Musk or Benjamin Shapiro. Because celebrities can turn out to be secretly assholes, or they can be not so secretly assholes, and you just ignore that part of them for some reason. Pretty cringe. And that's coming from me, and I'm one cringe-ass bitch. So, 
Today we covered Wonderstruck Ben Shapiro XOC by Horsefly Girl. Opposite Sides of the Spectrum Ben Shapiro X Liberal Reader by A. It's Ray. Spelled A Y Y I T S R A E. Sucking Up to the Boss by Paul Joseph Watson's Lips. Cock Rocket by Acidy. And From Nightmares and Rockets by Tesla underscore Pike. The bar is low is on Instagram. You can find us at the bar is low with an underscore in between each word. You can follow us and you know what's coming up next. If you have a fix to suggest, feel free to get in contact with me. And if you want to drop a rating or review on iTunes, that'd be real cool. I'm not going to beg you for five stars. Give me however many damn stars you think I deserve. As always, I'm your pal. Once you can start a kiss. This is the Barslow. Thank you for joining me. That's all for today. Let me out of this closet, you effing liberal. Oh, sorry, Ben, but you're gonna have to pull yourself up by your own bootstraps. That's how you gotta escape. Alright, I think that's enough recording for one day. Okay.